Well, again, my name is Michael Hewitt, and I have the privilege of pastoring Muncie's newest church, Rising Hope, and partnering with you. What an awesome time. I got to tell you, it is September 16th that we are starting. What do you need? We have to take up the offering. It's on the right side of your aisles. Did you forget the offering? No. I just remembered it. The right side of your aisle, grab a bucket, pass it across. If it's not full, pass it back across till it fills up, and then pass it across. The ushers will collect it. Thank you so much. It won't be too much of a trouble for you. There you go. It's great to just do church together, isn't it? Yeah, that would be, be yeah, you won't believe it. The churches always think they want money. Well, the pastor forgot about the offering, then he remembered it. No, that's good. But actually, speaking of just God moving, and I pray he moves right now, just in your hearts, because God, we know, loves a cheerful giver. But uh, there's a lot of other cheerful things that are happening. Uh, September 16th, we are birthing this new baby of a church, Rising Hope. We're so excited about this. Uh, matter of fact, last week, we just finished this extreme makeover. It's so cool uh, for our church. It, we have the, the kind of the newest community and youth center. We are, somebody was asking, well, where's the church? Well, if you go south on Wheeling, you pass the Arby's on the left, pass the Papa John's on the left, then there's the Pizza Hut on the right, the next road is cowing. You just take a right-hand turn, two blocks, and you're there. We're real close to Northside Middle School, so we're looking at making an impact. Already talking to Ball State about some immersive learning projects, so we are on the move, and there's just a lot to get into God's word today. You ready for it? You ready? All right, let's just pray. God, I just right now pray for um, just, just everyone here. Lord, open up our hearts and minds for what you really want us to hear. God, let us not just be hearers of the word but doers. In Jesus' name, and everyone enthusiastically said, amen. amen. All righty. Well, as you know, if you've been tracking uh, the last few weeks, you've been in this series called Wisdom for the Journey. And as I listened to Pastor Greg's uh, message last week, I got to tell you, he brought the preaching thunder, did he not? I mean, how do we really hear the voice of God? How do we do that? And he unpacked that in a very powerful way last week. But he made a statement that I want to make sure that um, we're all tracking with. And, and if you agree with this statement, I'd just like to see your hands just to make sure we're on the same page. He said this. He said, there is nothing in your life more important than your ability to hear the voice of God. How many of you would agree with that? There's nothing more important than your ability to hear the voice of God. Yeah, yeah, I'm about every hand's up. That's, that's awesome. That's, my, my hand is up too. But how many of you with the show of hands would say, you know what, sometimes it's just hard to hear God's voice. Or maybe you've heard his voice, but you just haven't followed through with the assignment, right? Yeah, just about as many hands are up. Those of you hands down, uh, you know, it's not a good thing to lie in church. You know, your hands are up too. I know. I know. You know, sometimes I think listening to God and doing what he asks us to do can be a little bit like this video. Let's tune in. Now, kiddies, I want you all to go out and bring home something for dinner. Now, let me see. You bring a horse, you a cow, you bring a steer, and you a moose. Okay, mama. Mama. 
Oh, get the move on and get the gun and scram! Oh, 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 no, oh, oh, no, no, I don't want to, oh, 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 oh. At least go out and get a butterfly, or a little worm, or something. Oh, 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 no, 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 I'd rather not, no, I don't want to, no, I just, I just, oh, that who says you can't have fun in church you just watch the looney tunes video <laughs> like, but how many of you some people are clapping like yeah this is all right first time here we're watching cartoons but how many of you can identify with that right maybe some of you right now you're just in a place where you've been trying you've been struggling to hear god's voice and he's spoken to you and, and you've listened from the message last week and it's still like you're like I'm going to see you in the town, and you're just going to be, that's the pastor, the Looney Tunes pastor. It's interesting as I think about listening to God's voice and following through with the assignments, and sometimes just even being able to receive the gifts and the healing. Sometimes we just, we just want to do it our own way, right? Because we think we know better. It's interesting I know that sometimes we think, God, would you just bless? God, would you just pour your blessings down? And we've, we've prayed this prayer, but we've never really given him our first and our best. The truth of the matter, research says that only 3% of Christians tithe. 3%. And, and of that 3%, 0.8% make up 80% of the church's budgets. So I don't know how that stirs you here this morning, but... I don't know how maybe you need to hear from God today, but I'm just saying that we need to figure this out because we don't want to be going through life doing the doop de doop de doop song because we're going to miss it. I'm telling you right now, I believe God is stirring a movement in Muncie of rising hope, and as you guys partnering and championing Muncie's newest church, don't miss it. We've had three preview services and of the three previous services, we've seen eight people come to Christ. It's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And, and all new families, many of which are unchurched. But you know, it's interesting as we try and hear the voice of God, because in, in 2004, I was working now about a year at Kentwood Community Church in Kentwood, Michigan. It's just south of Grand Rapids. It's a mega church, about 5,000. And... Um, I had recently started a brand new after-school tutoring and mentoring program, and we partnered with, with the local high school. Things were going great, and after the year of doing that, 
the governor recognized the program that I had started as being the number one after-school tutoring and mentoring program. It was awesome. I mean, kids' lives were being changed. We saw families' lives being changed. I mean, the, the mayor, or excuse me, the governor flew in to just even recognize it. TV cameras were there and everything. I could have cared less about the accolades. I just really wanted to reach kids and families. So ministry is going great after my first year of being on staff there, but in my heart and to the core of who I am, I had this holy discontent. You see, because we were living 20 minutes away from that church in a different school system and a different community. And as we began to kind of do life in this community over that course of the year, it became apparent to me just in observing our community, it was just spiritually dead. I mean, there was some little kind of perks and blips every once in a while. I mean, the Catholics would have their bingo nights on Wednesday, and so you see church, you know, cars in the church parking lot then. But other than that, you just kind of saw just people at church just on Sunday. It's just kind of like they're checking off a box or punching their ticket and then waiting the next week. And as I saw this and I saw the hurt and the casino had recently opened and, 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 and it just there was corruption in the government and changes there in the city with staffing. I mean, it needed something new. And so for me, I thought the best that I could do was make an appointment and a meeting to meet with the district superintendent. So I did that. I walked into his office and I said to Dr. Gorvet, I said, Mark, I only need five minutes of your time. He's like, what's up? I says, well, let me tell you, I've been living in this community and I believe, and I know you have a passion for this, but I believe a church needs to be planted in Wayland, Michigan. Well, he didn't even stutter after I said that. He looked me right in the eyes and he said, why don't you be the one to start that new church? And I looked at him and I didn't stutter and I went back. I'm like, this is what I said. I said, you're crazy. I'm never gonna do anything like that. I mean, there are other people more qualified than me with better leadership capacities and all that sort of thing. I mean, don't you know, just last week, the governor was here, like, recognizing the program. I mean, ministry is just going gangbusters, but I really believe just to the very core of who I am, a new church needs to be put in Wayland. Well, I left that meeting that day, and six and a half years later, I continue to see God just doing amazing things. Matter of fact, um, I, I, could, I, I would even say that I was, I was flying like, like the staff at Union Chapel and Pastor Greg. I mean, I was on point and focused, and ministry was great, and I had my annual review, and, and my supervisor said, Michael, I just love to see what you're doing, and God's been moving. I want to put in for a raise for you. Now, that's, that's kind of a fun announcement to kind of go home and share with your wife that, hey, you know, in a couple weeks, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to be getting a raise. Well, in two weeks... I didn't see any raise in the paycheck, but what I did learn is that they were eliminating the position and they were gonna take the outreach pastor duties and divide them amongst the staff. I was crushed. But in that moment, in my heart of hearts, I knew exactly what God had wanted me to do. It was just like the video. He gave me the boot right out of the nest and he said, I want you to follow through with the very idea I put in your brain and into your heart over six and a half years ago. I gotta tell you, it was the scariest, most faith-stretching thing and decision we've probably ever made. 
We knew that we had to go lean and mean. Matter of fact, we even sold the boat. It wasn't like a big boat. It was a 1989 outboard six-cylinder Sunbird. But we loved it, and it floated, and it didn't sink. We loved that boat, but we sold it. But again, if we said, hey, if we're going to do this, we've got to go all in. Because we didn't know what that would all mean or entail. Well, on May 31st of 2011, eight people met in our living room to start New Life Community Church. You can Google it today. Great things are still happening at the church. So we started May 31st, and in five and a half years that we were there, we saw God do incredible things through only a Saturday night service. We baptized 118 people. Twice as many people were saved. We even began to make changes in the community. The, the area chamber business director took a kind of a page out of our notebook and, and declared with us that March was random act of kindness. The city mayor gave us a proclamation. It was cool. God was, was stirring. Amazing things were happening. We even bought 40 acres of property debt-free as a four-year-old church. God was doing amazing things. And then 2017, God began to speak in a different way. Because that same district superintendent that was in Michigan, he had now moved to Indiana, and he gives me a call, and he says, Michael, I would like you to come and join the team here in Indiana. I said, what are you talking about? He says, well, we think Muncie would be a great place to start a new church. And I said, where's Muncie? <laughs> like, like, where is that location to anything? Like, is that Indianapolis? I, I didn't know. I didn't know. But this time, see, I was smarter because I didn't say no and I didn't say never and I, I didn't say you're crazy. I said, I'll pray about it. <laughs> well, you know what happens sometimes when you pray. Well, so last year, almost a year ago to this very weekend, this very date, we moved our family to start Muncie's newest church. And let me tell you, it was not easy. I lived about 30 years in Michigan. This is what I knew. This was comfortable for me. I, I, I know Michigan because I can tell you where I lived. See, I, was, I lived here and I lived here. And, and now I, in Indiana, I don't know what I got to do. Do I go here? I, get like, I don't know if you do this thing. I'm starting it. I haven't seen anybody do it yet. But I think Muncie's like right about here, right? So anyhow. Our kids had only known one school. My wife had also been a worship director of a church much similar to to Union Chapel here, and we left that all to follow God. But we did not have rosy-colored glasses. You see, we knew what we were getting into. And for us, we wanted to live out this verse in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, which says that Jesus came to do what? Two things, to seek and save the lost. And for us, it's, it's been interesting as we've moved here because people will say to us, they'll say, Oh, so you moved to Muncie. And we're like, yeah. So what are you doing at Ball State? I'm like, I don't work at Ball State. Well, if you don't work at Ball State, then you must work at the hospital. Are you a physician or a nurse? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't work at the hospital or IU Health at all. And then the next thing they say usually goes like this. Then, and, and, and literally, I've heard, had this shared with me by more than like two or three people. They said, then why did you move into the armpit of the United States? Why did you move to Muncie? That's what people have said. And I know why they say it, because I've been a research hound and, 
and learning about this community and, and learning what many of you have gone through with manufacturing and, and school closures and consolidations. And we'll get to a little bit more of that in a minute. But what I tell people is, listen, I'm not, I'm not here to start a new church. That, that sounds boring to me. I mean, there's a lot of church buildings all over. There are actually 300 and I think 51 churches in Delaware County. But what I'm more interested in is starting a movement and pouring into what I think God is already doing where people could come and, and be welcomed and accepted and loved with the love of Christ, where they can be needed because I believe that everyone has given each one of us a gift. I mean, could you just imagine if you just leveraged your gifts right now just a little bit more? I'm not talking about becoming super Christian overnight. I'm just saying if you just leveled it, just, just leveraged it just 1% into your family, into your kids, into this church, I mean, what could we do? I'm not interested just about starting a church, but starting a movement where people find healing and, and people find an opportunity for a new start. I recognize sometimes families, it, it can get messed up real fast in families, can it? Let me tell you, if, if you don't have a messed up family, if you look around, there's, yeah, there's no messed up in the family, guess what? You're probably the messed up one. <laughs> Usually how that works. But what would happen if we took this book, and maybe just a verse a day, or maybe just, just opening it with our spouse, or maybe opening it with our kids, what happens if we did that as if our very lives depended upon it? For many of you, you've come and you're like, why isn't this working? What's, what's going on? Let me ask you, when's the last time that you really dug into this? Oh my land, this, this, this series that, that's starting next week is, is going to be amazing. You're going to want to dial in for every week of that. Louis Giglio is, 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 is amazing. I mean, go, go to YouTube. He does this thing about, like, even the, the heavens and creations cry out. You're just going to be blessed. I, I, I can rabble, trail, and digress quickly. Union Chapel, you're an amazing church. You're awesome. To partner with us, not even knowing us a, a year ago, and the things that have happened has is, been incredible. But as I mentioned before, I don't want you to miss it. I don't want us to go around singing the doop-de-doop-de-doop -doop song. Because God came, why? So that we could have life and live it abundantly. Are you experiencing the fullness of God's blessing in all areas of your life? Whether it's at school or, or maybe on, on a college campus or maybe it's in your workplace, are you really experiencing the best of God's blessings? Are you giving him your first and your best? I believe if we could dig in just even 1%, just even just that much, we could start a ripple effect that not only could change our community, but change this world. Again, one year ago, I didn't, I didn't know any of you. I didn't. But let me tell you what, what some of the things that, that, that we're faced with. And, 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 and some of you, you know this better than I do because you've lived it. Here's some of the statistics that I've learned about and since coming to Muncie. 33% of the babies born at Ball Hospital are born drug-exposed. I've heard almost 25% are, are born with some addiction right out of the womb. 22% of five-year-olds in Muncie Community Schools, that's the only amount that's ready for kindergarten. I had a kindergarten teacher that teaches in Muncie Schools last night come up to me and she says, preach it. She says, I'm experiencing that in my first year of teaching. In Delaware County, 17.2% food insecurity rate. And what about poverty? 47%. It's the highest in the state. 
And what's happened since 2015? We've seen a 20% increase in EMS runs to the hospital. These are statistics that we have learned, and many of which we knew before we even moved here. Let me tell you, friends, we know what we moved into. We know why people say, why Muncie? But I believe there's hope. And one of the reasons why I believe so deeply in this is because I've met you. Let me just share just real quickly. Maybe you're just getting acquainted with us, but let me share how we've been able to already partner together, how, how you've blessed us. This is, this is awesome. A couple of months ago, the college ministry was out, and they served us and, and helped us with some demolition. They, they filled up a 30-ton dumpster. And then during the serve week, the amazing serve week, where like hundreds and hundreds of y'all went out into, into the community, you blessed us with this amazing serve team that week. These kids knocked it out of the park. It was, it was awesome. And then you hosted, I mean, stuff like this doesn't supposed to happen in Muncie, a national church planning conference where some of the top leaders and preachers and teachers and church planners were here pouring into hundreds of potential church planners and encouraging established churches to get into the game of church planning to make disciples. Not only that, but you, you welcomed us with open arms outside of the denomination. That says something. And because of you, here's a double blessing. You see, what's fun about a church playing is you kind of get to mess with the DNA of a church a little bit. It's kind of cool. I mean, you think about it. You've never met before. You've never had a worship service. How's that going to go, right? You get to talk about it. Do we do a bulletin? Do we not do a bulletin? Do we do a communication card? How do we connect? How do we, I mean, all these things are coming together. But one of the things that we're messing with in our DNA is we want to have in our very core of us, in our DNA, two things. Being a sending church and a multiplying church and a one that has missions in its core. So the question is, if we want to have missions in its core, who's going to be our first missionaries? You want to know who our first, first missionaries are? It's Yusin and the Maldabaya family. What an awesome group that you kind of said, hey, I want to connect you. Robin Wood said, hey, Michael, Yusin's here. He's wanting to go back to Kazakhstan. I'm like, where's that? Like, isn't that Russia or something? He's like, yeah, to do some underground church planning. And he said, would you be willing to help coach him with me before he goes back? Because he, you're just sharing things with me that he needs to hear. And so it was awesome. Yusin and I, we got together as families. We went out and eat. I took him out to eat. Man, that guy can eat. I'm telling you, them Russians, they can eat. He had Mexican food, I think, for the first time with me. Like, double the nachos. It was awesome. Yusin, I love you, man. You're great. Maybe he's tuning in right now. I don't know. And then the Maldabaya family, we actually had them over, and we prayed over them, and we sent them out. What a blessing. What a blessing to be able to support them and join you for them being our first missionaries. It's, it's awesome. And then, and then here's the thing. This past week, my daughter, she turned eight years old. Eight years old. And who was singing happy birthday and sharing happy birthday sentiments from Kazakhstan? But the Maldabayas and Yusin. It was just too cool. Speaking of my family, why don't you stand up? But just to introduce you, you can kind of turn around a wave to everybody. My wife, Kim, holding my daughter, uh, Mayel. Yeah. And then Brianne, she's a sophomore at Indiana Wesleyan. Kaylin is a senior, go seniors um, at Delta. Andrew's a freshman, big freshman at Delta. My son, Caleb, uh, he is in 
what grade are you? Seventh grade. And then Luke is in fifth grade, and my daughter is in third grade. That's the teen. That's, that's the ones I get to say yay God to. Um, yeah, we can praise God for families. Thank you, guys. By the way, my, my, my daughter, she said, Dad, you got to tell everybody where the church is. My eight-year-old daughter will, will tell you. I mean, you've got to, I know this was a used car lot, and it's a great location here, but my daughter does say, she's a little biased, she says, Dad, you know we have the best location for our church anywhere. And I'm like, oh, really? She goes, yeah. I said, well, why is that? She goes, because it's behind Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and it is. It's just right behind. If you throw a couple stones behind Chuck E. Cheese, you hit the, you hit the church building on cowing. Anyhow. Thank you so much, Union Chapel, for your friendship and sharing mission and values to reach people that have never heard the gospel before. For those of you that like to take notes, um, like you can't, like church isn't like right unless you take a note. I guess this would be your time. You can, you can mark this down. So how are we going to reach this community? What are we going to do as we partner in values and our missions? The first thing is this. You can write this down. First, God calls us to go and make disciples. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it's, look at this, it's on the screen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, let's just dig into that first part real quick. Notice this is not a, I think I might do this, or maybe if I've been in the church for 10 years, then I can, no, it's go, like go now, and this is a command. And that very word, this is interesting about that very word go, it literally means, it literally means to go wherever you are at. Like wherever you are at now, like where you're at now, go, make disciples. And of course, for us, we know that this should first start in our homes. It first, should first start in our marriages and with our kids and then to our neighbor and then to our community and then wherever we're at, wherever we're at. Those of you that may have ever started a business or even started a church for that matter, you know that it takes a lot of work trying to get your name out, right? How are you going to market? How are you going to advertise? How are gonna people going to know maybe we're a little bit different from the guy down the street? I'll never forget this. I was, we, we were getting ready to have our very first preview service um, on Easter and it was just before this. Now, I'm at home and I'm trying to strategize, okay, where am I going to send this mailing to? Maybe some of you have received one of our mailings. It was like $2,000 to send this mailing out. It was incredibly expensive, but we needed to get the word out. We wanted to invite people that, again, maybe have been hurt. Maybe you need a new, new start or maybe check out a new church for the first time. I, so I'm trying to figure this out, and I hear a knock on my front door. And I can kind of see through the living room window as, as one of Luke's friends. And I yelled kind of, I said, come on in. Well, he kind of ran right around and he like leapt over the, the arm of, the, of the, the, the chair there, plopped himself down, and he said, what's up, PM? <laughs> I was like, PM? He goes, well, yeah, you're a pastor, aren't you, Pastor Mike? PM. I says, okay. I says, well, Luke's not home yet and he can't play before he does his chores and his homework. He says, that's okay, because I don't want to play with Luke yet. I want to talk to you. I says, oh, really? Let me tell you. For all the strategizing in the world that I was trying to do in the moment and trying to steward God's 
resources and his funds to reach this community. I was not prepared for what I was about to hear next. This eight-year-old little boy said this. He says, PM, he said, my dad went to sleep this past year and he didn't wake up. And my mom was just told by the judge that if she doesn't do certain things, that we won't be a family. I wasn't prepared for it. He wanted a family. You see, this strikes me to the core because Growing up, our, our family, we grew our family through adoption. And I have met people in this town that are looking for a forever home. They're desperately trying to hear the voice of God. And I'm telling you, Union Chapel, we've got to bring the gospel. We've got to bring this message of hope. Does your life depend upon this love letter? What does it mean to make disciples for you? To go wherever you're at. Are you giving him your first and your best? Some of you, you might be here today, maybe just kind of broken up, messed up, the floor up. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you right now, today is your day to say, Satan, no longer am I going to give you an ounce or a moment of my time. Because I want to give you my life so that I can have yours and your plan for me. Maybe that's you today. If that's the case, I'd invite you during the worship time to come forward. I'd love to talk with you, pray with you. I'm sure there's some prayer people up here. Second thing, if you're taking notes. Faith often requires two things. Sacrifice and trust. Sacrifice and trust. <laughs> I was probably doing real good right up until now with his message, maybe, because we don't like to hear this, because we're more convinced that kind of in the American church that, that church is more about really, and in my relationship with God is more about my happiness and my comfort. I just need to be a comfortable Christian, and I just have to have these, these things. I don't know what your sacrifice and trust level is, but let's speak about those two things very quickly. God says in Isaiah 41.10, he says, Do not fear, for I'm your God. I'm with you. I'm here to give you strength and to help you. I'm here to uphold you with my righteous right hand. Some of you, you've been in the valley. Maybe you're in the valley right now. Let me tell you, there's a God that wants to uplift you with a righteous right hand. And in some versions, it even says victorious. You see, in him we have victory. When I start thinking about all my fears and all the things that make sense, trust me, I would not be here in this moment. On paper, it did not make sense. It didn't. You're going to ask Pastor Greg. I show him, hey, here's where things at. This is what God's doing and not doing. But we're trusting in the Lord and taking that step of faith. I've heard it been said that there's, there's like over 365 do not fear verses in the Bible. Don't you see God just loving us through those fears? Think about it. He gives us maybe a do not fear for every day of the year. 
He knows our hearts. He knows we'll have fear. But in him, we don't have to because he is our God. Let's talk about sacrifice for a minute. We don't like talking about sacrifice. But maybe today you need to sacrifice a poisonous relationship and say, you know what, I'm done with that. I'm done with that because I'm going to seek a life-giving friendship. Or maybe some of you, you, you've had a great quarter in your business. It's great. And you're looking at next quarter and things really look sweet because you're about ready to make this business deal. But you know if you make that deal that it's going to sacrifice time away from your family. And so maybe right now today you've got to realize like, you know what, I need to pass on that deal because what's most important to me is my family. And I don't want to give them the short end of the stick. Or I don't know, maybe God is asking you to sacrifice something that makes you happy so you can better use your time and your talent and your resources to build and further his kingdom. I don't know where he's asking you to go, but I want to tell you he is calling you, and it is a command. As I think about that, our family had to sacrifice many things. I mean, jobs in a place that we lived in for a long time, friendships, There was a void that was created, but let me tell you this. I would rather be comfortable, uncomfortable for a time than to miss the amazing blessings that God has prepared. And some of those have been through you. We, we, we talked about them. It's amazing what God is doing. The Bible says in Luke chapter 14, verse 33, it says, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Whoa. That's an intention getter, isn't it? We don't like hearing that verse. That's a verse that we could just, you know, scribble out. Now, let me tell you something. God may not be actually calling you right now to give up everything. I'm not, I'm not saying that right now, but what do you have? Is there something maybe you're holding on to so tightly that God just says, boy, if you could just let go of this, then I could really pour out my blessings. Or maybe you've had that, that discontentment or that stir in your heart and you've had that nudge maybe with how you're spending your time or maybe you've been just stuck in a cycle of an addiction or an unhealthy behavior. It's like, you know what, I need to get help for that. I don't know, maybe you have plenty of resources and you just refuse to share it with others in your church family. Now let me tell you this. I want to say this as lovingly as I possibly can. We are living in a place and a time, especially here in Muncie, where it does not allow us to be passive in our faith with Christ. There's no room for the doop-de-doop-de-doop -doop -doop song. Don't miss what God is doing. And let me tell you something. Right now, we cannot do this alone. The odds are stacked against us. They, they, they are. We can't do it alone. We need you. Rising Hope needs Union Chapel. But you also want to know this? Union Chapel, you need Rising Hope. You do. It's true because we are better together. It's very interesting. Very first time I met Pastor Greg when we came in, he said, hey, can you share your story? I did that, and when this friendship began, he said this. He says, you know, he says, we want to plant 10 churches in the next 10 years. 
And I think you're already in this maybe a year or so, and you're already on number seven. That's great. I don't think you went big enough. Now it's 100, I heard. 100. And I've also learned that since you made this step and this initiative into church planning, that this past Easter was one of the highest attendance services you've had in a long time. And Pastor Greg told me, he says, it, it's, it's remarkable. He says, we're seeing resources. We're seeing things happen through a faith promise. We're seeing things that just don't add up. They just don't make sense. God is on the move, people. What a great church to be a part of. And let me tell you, if you missed last week's message, you need to go back and listen to it to really dial in to make sure you're hearing God's voice. It's amazing what God does when we put our faith and trust and make sacrifices for him. It truly is. So in closing, let me say this. As we dig into what it means to make disciples and to go wherever we are at, here's the reminder that we have. Romans 8, verse 37 says this. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God loves Muncie. God wants to reach Muncie with the good news of Jesus. And he wants to do that through you in Muncie's newest church in town, Rising Hope. Right now, why don't you stand with me and let's just close out our time worshiping and responding to God's word together as we worship.